This editorially independent podcast is supported by Visit Flanders. Belgium has a rich festival scene. Every single weekend in the year, you could choose between a multitude of music shows, food markets, neighborhood parties, cultural shows. Its beer festival circuit is equally rich. From village fairs to international events, Belgium's celebrate beer at festivals like few other nations. In this podcast, we're talking Belgian beer festivals with three guests who organize prominent but wonderfully different beer festivals in Belgium. Let me briefly introduce them so you can recognize their voices. Here's Stefan Kauenbergs of Billy's Craft Beer Festival, giving advice to others considering starting a new festival. A word of advice for new festivals, like I said, don't go copying, because I, th- I still think there are a lot of things to discover and to to renew things, like I said, and if, if you have your, your identity, then I think that there is still a lot of more like room for, for other festivals, but don't go copying what already exists. Like, oh, wow, uh, Brugge's Beer Festival or Kerst Beer Festival, ooh, that's a big success. Oh, I'm going to copy it. No, because then you will fail. Billy's Craft Beer Fest was named after Billy, Stefan's French bulldog. And every year it brings 50 breweries from Belgium and other countries to the Wachnasi Hall in Antwerp. It's a highly curated and an invite-only selection, always sold out shortly after tickets go on sale. It's a game-changer. It's not the, the first uh, concern anymore, but it was definitely a game-changer. This is Bart van Este of Bruges Beer Festival, talking about the impact of the COVID pandemic on festivals. Last year, we we introduced uh, the Spoolboys, and I have to thank uh, the crew of Billy's for that, because we said, okay, we want to test it, but we don't want to, you know, spend too much money for the first time. We just want to see how it goes. We reached out to the colleagues of Billy's and, and we could rent them. And uh, we were happy with the results. The customers were happy. So we then we bought the, the Spool Boys. Bruges Beer Festival is one of the largest beer festivals in Belgium. Organized by the beer consumer group, Bob, this June's festival was its 15th annual edition. We don't want to change our formula. It, it's, it's a success. And this is Jan Machiel van Bracht of the Kerstbier Festival. And we, we are content, uh, satisfied about that. But we had a dream because I, I worked with Michael Jackson at the, one of the editions of Beer Hunter. And he promised me one time I will open your festival. But uh, it's a pity that uh, in that year he was, he was died. So he was invited, he was uh, enthusiastic to come, and, but that, that was my dream. The Gerst Beer Festival is a, is a beer festival which takes place every December in Essen, translating as the Christmas Beer Festival. The Gerst Beer Festival pours only Christmas and winter beers from Belgian breweries. It's always a festive party with a really special atmosphere. This year's will be its 27th edition. Okay, let's get straight into it. Here's our panel podcast discussion about Belgian beer festivals. We talked about the diverse profiles of each of their festivals, how beer festivals in Belgium might be different 
to those in other countries. We talked about the challenges and joys of running a festival in Belgium. And then I asked them how they see the festival scene evolving in the coming years. I'm Brendan Kearney, and you're listening to the Belgian Smack Podcast. One, quick fire. Let's just start with some questions about you guys and your involvement in beer and festivals. Um, Stefan, like you, you run a, a pretty well-known and highly respected cafe in in Antwerp for for um, for for beer. Was was your way in through Horeca, or were you interested in beer going back? And how did you get involved with the festival? Uh, so the bar we started it now about uh, ten years ago. And before that, I did something completely different than uh, working in Horeca. But I always had an interest in uh, in beers. Uh, and then I quit my last job. I just took some time off. I went traveling through Southeast Asia for half a year. Then I got back and thought, okay, what am I going to do now? And I was like, I'm going to follow my passion, the beers, and do something with it. And then we started at the bar. And yeah, in the beginning, we wanted to have like a close contact with the breweries that we had the beers on in the bar. So I visited a lot of breweries and also then a lot of like festivals uh, in Belgium and abroad. And we heard also uh, people uh, visiting my bar telling like uh, for us when we have to go to like a festival with international breweries, we always have to go abroad. It would be nice if we have something close. And it was always on my mind to have like a, a big craft beer festival also in Antwerp, in my hometown. But then, yeah, first, yeah, you start a new business, so it's working hard to get that uh, going. And then when that was a little bit like, okay, it's 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 it's, it's like steady. And then we started with uh, thinking about organizing uh, a craft beer festival. That's, so it was something on your mind for, for a while yeah, before it started? Yeah, from the beginning. But uh, like I said, it's, yeah, because it takes a lot of like organization and preparation and thinking about it. So it took us about, I think, a year or two or three before we actually really started the... Uh, Processing it. So, what was the first year that you held the festival? That was 2017. 17. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
so it's in the Wach Nasi yeah. in, in Antwerp, yeah. which is like a kind of a big uh, it's like center. a big, big venue, yeah. yeah, close to the River de Schelde, with a nice view upon our cathedral. So. And and this year it's 10, 11 November 2023, but yeah. I think sold out now tickets for this year. Uh, Friday and Saturday are sold out, yeah. Yeah. And you, um, the, the Billy's Festival was, was voted Best Beer Festival of Belgium at the Beer Awards, the Digital Beer Awards. Yeah, not so, this year. This year we were second. Oh. But the first four editions we were voted as the best. And what what, what is that competition for people that don't know it? Uh, it's like uh, where people uh, can vote for, there are a lot of like categories for which is the best blonde Belgian beer, which is the best dark Belgian beer, which is the best beer bar, and also which was the best event uh, of the past year. And people can vote digitally and then uh, there is like a... a the, uh, yeah, kind of like big show where they present like all the in all the categories who won the prize. So that's you're you're proud of that, right? I'm very proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's yeah like people visiting uh, the festival so that they vote for it. So in a way, it's their appreciation of what you're doing, and uh, it's always nice when you get appreciated for by the people for who you organize it. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Jan, you're from the, the Kerspeer Festival over in Essen, which is, for people that don't know, closer to the kind of the Dutch border over in the east uh, of Flanders. Um, what's, how did you get involved with that festival and, and you know, why is it different to other festivals in Belgium? Well, as a student, I uh, tried to discover all Belgian beers. It was uh, uh, difficult, but I had to do it by train. And I met at that festival uh, a, Wallonian, a Wallonian brewer, and he said, uh, "If you are interested, you can do a traineeship." So it was in '92. Uh, I worked for Abbey the Rock, uh-huh. and uh, I did some uh, tastings at uh, beer shops, also in Essen. In fact, it was the first action of Ober, mm-hmm. and uh, in '93 we started the local beer club with, uh, I think, 10 beer lovers. And uh, our uh, chairman, Gerhard, was also involved in the uh, tasting club in Antwerp. There were the, do- the dollar proovers at that time. Mm-hmm. There was also a cafe was called Beerland. And they had a theme with the tasting of Christmas beers. But at a certain moment, uh, the pub was closed. And we take uh, that's an interesting team to begin a festival with Belgium Christmas and winter beers. Yeah, so it started, and we started from forty a... beers in '93. It was the, the very beginning of the success of uh, the Kerstbier Festival. So it started as a, as an actual as a tasting a theme tasting in a in a bar. That's right. And then it it kind of evolved into a fairly large international beer festival. Yeah. Okay. And um, Bartje from uh, the Bruges uh, Beer Festival. Um, how did you get involved with the festival and yeah, and, and beer generally? Well, in general, it was the uh, end of the 90s that I was a student uh, in uh, Leuven. And let's say that there I really started uh, to uh, like beer. I never drank pills at that time. I, I drank palm. I was the only one in, in, the, in my friend's uh, circle. I didn't really like pills that much, so I drank palm. And I was already the odd one out then. 
Um, and then later on, um, yeah, I started to work, uh, nothing in the beer industry, but um, my dad was one of the, the founding members of uh, BAP. And well, he also uh, was helping uh, to organize the festival. And in the first years, I, I just helped at the festival. I was a volunteer. Later on, I uh, became the uh, yeah the supervisor for the, the Trappist stand, which is one of the stands that we do ourselves because obviously the monks don't come to the festival. Um, and then later on, uh, yeah, I was invited to to join the board, and uh, that's where I'm now. Let's let's move on with a quick quick fire round, okay? So I'm going to ask you guys questions, <clears throat> and um, don't think too long about the answers. Maybe maybe I'll just give you all different questions and then we can move through them, okay? So, Stefan, um, you can bring three Belgian beers to a desert island. Which three are they? I think I would go for a fresh crispy IPA from La Source. I definitely have one of the old gooses. And maybe also when it gets dark and cold, a nice Belgium imperial stout. Which of the Eau de Fuse are you bringing? Hmm, that's a difficult one. Uh, I think I'd probably go for the Girardin, the black label. Great choice, great yeah. choice. Can, can you get some company on this desert island? <laughs> Is there enough to share? <laughs> um, um, Bart, who are the greatest beer nation outside of Belgium? That's a difficult question. Um, I think nowadays the United States um, are very prominent, but historically I would say uh, Denmark uh, with Carlsberg and uh, Czech Republic are very important. So I don't think it's easy to say that one country. Uh, I would say these three. Oh, I'm going to have to push you for one. Well, last year <laughs> you've, ju you've justified your answer, which is good. Okay, but now I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, last year we went. Sword. Yeah, last year we went to with a group of friends to to Copenhagen to visit some uh, craft breweries, and um, I have to say I, I was amazed. Um, so uh, I'd go for Denmark. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a wrong answer anyway, but mm. it's a, it's a good choice because of the history. You know how they invented, uh, yeah, the what the fermentation. But okay. Also because they have great stuff nowadays. Yeah, for sure. I think also historically we cannot forget the UK because actually a lot of like Belgian beers, Belgian brewers got their yeast strain from UK. Even Orval, the yeast strain from Orval is from the UK. It's not, it's not just yeast strains. I think there's a whole you yeah. know, sort of swathe of stuff that uh, from, from UK. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, do you think generally that the UK are ignored when people are talking about great beer nations now? Or do you think people still have respect for traditional UK brewing? I think that people forget the tradition, uh, the history from the UK brewers. I think they're getting a lot of like respect nowadays because there are a lot of like, especially in the craft beer movement, a lot of like really good uh, breweries. Uh, but I think that people forget about the tradition and, and where it all came from. So... Jan, are we including the Netherlands in that group or not, of great beer nations? Well, I think uh, hmm. since the <laughs> 80s, uh, in the beginning, it was only a Pils Desert with, with only 10 breweries. And nowadays, I think uh, more than seven, 700. So yeah. in 40 years, it's uh, increasing enormously. 
Okay, here's your quick fire question. Um, a Belgian brewer or brewery that you most respect? Well, in a historical way, I will say uh, Who Garden with Pierre Salis. Pierre Salis introduced in the early 70 years a totally new, new beer, original, refreshing. And that's, I think, the beginning of the new uh, new age of, of beers in Belgium. After that was Frank Bone, after that was Chris Hertelier, but for me was Pierre Salis. Absolutely the number respectful. Okay, we go for another quick fire question. Um, Stefan, Pilsner or Lambic? Oh, that is a very difficult one. Because <laughs> like a really, really good lager, I can really enjoy it. But also <laughs> a good Lambic. I'm going to have to put you to the sword. I have to choose, damn it. <sighs> I think I have to go for a lager then, I'm sorry. Oh, don't apologize. Yeah, this will be, but like a really good crispy lager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bart, um, best cafe to drink Belgian beer in, in Belgium? Um, well, I will have to go for one of my hometown and uh, I will choose uh, the Kelk. Because the Kelk, it has a, a great range of, uh, let's say, traditional Belgian beers, also Eau de Geuze. Uh, and other beers from from great breweries, and at the same time, they also also have uh, craft beer from abroad. Uh, not too many taps, but you know, just enough to always have uh, something new and uh, a great variety of uh, yeah IPAs and, and stouts and uh, and sours. So the Kelk, great uh, shout out for the Kelk there, wonderful. Jan, um, the greatest beer city in Belgium. That's also a difficult question. I They're think. all difficult. They're all. They're <laughs> supposed to be difficult. <laughs> I think at this moment the most interesting uh, city will be Brussels. I think. That's a good answer. With all new breweries, with all uh, beer culture everywhere. It's it's really a city that's changing a lot, especially in the last two to three years. Um, just the amount of breweries doing different things that are opening up. Like we were talking beforehand and I mentioned that when I first came to Belgium around 2014, I think the only breweries that were in Belgium at the time were um, De La Seine and Cantillon. And now you have like 25 companies producing beer, not all of the breweries, but some very interesting niche cafes with really good concepts and um, just a whole burgeoning community of people that are interested in beer. So I think it's definitely the city that's doing the most. Um, where are we? Back to Stefan then. Um, high carbonation or low carbonation? It also depends on the beer. Of course. But, but uh, the most, I would say low carbonation because I can drink more than... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're a sessionable drinker. <laughs> yes. Um, but what is your, the quality that you possess... Um, that most equips you to organize a successful beer festival? For me personally for or personally. for uh, the board? I mean, for the you, entire for you, for you personally. Well, I'm only one of the 10 people, so everybody has its own uh, strengths strength and, and area of expertise. Um, mine is now together with my dad to to choose who is invited and um, I think I 
I'm able together with my dad to, you know, uh, make the unique combination of traditional Belgian heritage. Um, also, um, yeah, the Oudbrein, Oudgeuse, uh, and then at the same time searching for, uh, scouting for uh, the, the best uh, Belgian craft, uh, something new. Uh, for example, like uh, Misery and Brasserie Surrealist. Uh, so I think that would be uh, my goal. I will not say that I'm uh, the expert, but together with my dad, it's the great combination, I think. I'm looking for, the, let's say, the younger, uh, the younger breweries, the new wave, and uh, my dad is taking care of the, the traditional heritage. Yeah, and, and it, so it's the, like the openness to... to fight or work to be as inclusive as possible for those kind of different wings of Belgian beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we'll finish up with a quick fire one more for you, Jan. Um, triple, Belgian triple, big, glorious, frothy head, 9.5% alcohol, ester bananas, or IPA, dry hopped, mango, tropical fruit, it depends on the moment on the day, but normally I drink not every day a West Mall triple, but three, four in a week, yes, because it's my absolutely favour. So you're landing down with triple. Absolutely. Just out of curiosity, which would you two guys have chosen? I would go for the IPA. Me too. Okay, that's good. Perfect. Um, so um, we are sharing a beer. Thank you guys so much for bringing some beers to, to share. Um but could you tell us a little bit about this beer and its connection to the festival? Well, it's called uh, Bap Mystère. So Mystère is actually uh, how the French pronounced the name of uh, André de Meulemeester. André de Meulemeester was a, a fighter pilot in the First World War. Uh, he was an ace, so he shot down quite some German planes. At the same time, he was an artist, so he was uh, drawing paintings uh, and he was also creating cartoons. And actually the labels, seven different labels are on the, the, the bottle of uh, Bap Mister. And at the same time, he was an entrepreneur. Uh, he was a brewer. He owned Bap, Bier uh, Ehle Belgica, in the city center of Bruges. The brewery got defunct in the 70s, so it's no longer there. Um, and the cool thing is that uh, the copper, uh, yeah, the copper tanks so or the, the vessel where it was brewed, uh, is now physically located in uh, Strebbe, and brewery Strebbe is actually brewing this beer for us. So they have the old kettles from the original brewery. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And is it a beer that you brewed for one particular festival, or is it something that's brewed on a continuous basis? Uh, it's brewed uh, once per year for the festival. That's it. You can normally only find it on, on, yeah, on the festival. Maybe there's one uh, drunken centrale who has it, uh, but it's not so difficult. To, uh, it's not so easy to find. Um, it's an amber beer, uh, dry hopped. You could call it the Belgian IPA. And why the style? Who made the decision on what you would brew? Um, actually, I wasn't in the board at that time. So uh, they sat down with uh, Mark Strubbe, the brewer, and they had a lot of different uh, yeah, mold profiles. And once they decided on that, uh, that it was going to be, you know, pretty dark amber, then they started to select uh, the, the hops. And that was done by the board at that time together with the, with the brewer. So you can buy the beer at the festival, I presume? Exactly. With the artwork on, on the bottles from the Mimester? Co- correct, yeah. Okay, excellent. And we're trying to, you know, um, let's say commemorate him. Um, he was, he was at that time very well known in Bruges. 
but nowadays not too many people know him anymore and it's a bit of pity because he was very important at that time for the for the city brewers uh, always were important in in, in cities uh, as you know and um yeah keeping the memory alive and uh yeah. do, doing something for the city of bruges um stefan you also have um some beers with you that are kind of a little bit related to Billy's Craft Beer Festival. Yeah. Um, tell us what you brought and maybe we can already pour it and um, yeah, you can tell us about it. All right. So I bought actually a box. Uh, it's a collab that we did together with Nenje Ö. It's a craft brewery in Norway. The beer is called Billy Elliot. Uh, it has two bottles in it. Uh, it has the beer Billy, which is a saison reserve. Uh, so we blended three, four and five-year-old saisons and then also put it on red wine, French red wine barrels. The Elliot, that's uh, a barley wine of 17% of alcohol and that we aged on Jim Bean bourbon barrels. Um, why are the names Billy and Elliot? Billy, of course, was my French bulldog uh, and Elliot is the name of the French bulldog of Nenje and the fun thing about this is that uh, at the festival, Nenje had Billy Elliot the blend. So that's also what we say we can do, you can do with the bottles. So if you like blend it like 50-50, so 50% of the Billy, 50% of the Elliot, you get a really nice Belgium dark ale. Um, and the beers were brewed, uh, especially for the festival. Uh, but the other thing was that uh, about almost a year and a half, my dog Billy died. And a lot of breweries contacted me that they wanted to make uh, a collaboration beer uh, in, in memory and in honor of Billy. And also Nanya Ö was one of that breweries and all of the beers brewed then, they got a special label uh, that was made by Simon Dagard, who does all the artwork for AMA in Denmark, uh, which says Billy in memoriam. So, uh, and last year we started it that for every brewery we asked, okay, brew one special beer. Uh, in honor of Billy, which also has the name Billy in it. So uh, so last year at the festival, we had like 56 uh, Billy beers. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. You know, and I, I, I remember going to uh, Billy's Beer Cafeteria in Antwerp and seeing Billy, you know, he would be laying down, people would give him a little scratch. Yeah. He would, he's really like part of the furniture. Um, he would bring so much joy to people and he was also such a big part of the festival and, yeah. you know, everyone's walking around with the Billy's masks and, you know, whenever he appears, he's like a real celebrity. So, I mean, it must have been very difficult to lose him, but also uh, wonderful for you to see how loved he was. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, also in 20, in 21, um, so Billy was also voted, which is maybe rare, uh, weird as a dog, but as the beer personality of Belgium. And then sometimes people ask, yeah, that's weird because it's a dog. But in my opinion, I said, no, he really deserved that because it is Billy... He dragged people into a bar because we had like a lot of people who came to a bar to visit Billy and they didn't know anything about craft beers. But in that way, they discovered the craft beers. So in that way, yeah, Billy kind of like introduced the craft beer to a lot of like people. And it was really nice to see we got like yeah, thousands of reactions of people. There were even American breweries who posted it. Uh, the, the sad news on their on their own website and everything. So even uh, Chris from the Dollar Browers, he made a, a special painting for Billy and James Nager from Schrems. He uh, he put a text on that painting. Yeah, it was very heartwarming to see. Uh, I mean, when you, when you have Billy's Craft Beer Festival, that's the name of the festival and it's an international festival. Uh, do, do people sort of ask you, who's Billy? 
And then you're like, it's a French bulldog? <laughs> no, they, they all know Billy, but they ask, who are you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm Stefan, yeah, I'm the owner of Billy, yeah. Okay, let's, let's get it open and, and um, yeah, have a taste. Right. Yeah. So we have the, um, thank you Stefan, we have this blended version, Billy Elliot. Um, Jan, what are you getting from that one immediately? I think a very complex beer. Uh, strong, alcoholic. Rich. Very rich. You get a lot of like molasses in the nose, caramelly kind of like bells and dark strong sort of malt character. Not too much like phenolic spice. You know, sometimes those beers can be very spicy and harder to drink. It's it's there, but it's in the background. Well balanced, I think. Are you getting any of the the saison? It's the other one is so intense that it's hard to pick out like too much fruitiness. Maybe the saison bit in the background. Mm -hmm. And even though there's quite a bit of malt character, it's not really sweet. You have some dryness there. Yeah. Even if you don't blend it, just uh, the body wine itself already doesn't, it's overwhelmingly sweet. It's uh, more like American barley wine-ish. So you still get a little bit of that nice bitterness at the end. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a really great... Um, it's a really good project to have for the festival that people can brew the Billy beers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, before we did that, we always had like a festival beer and it was always a collab we did with the bar and with the brewery that was attending a festival. But then after Billy died, we had like, no, we're going to have like 50 festival beers. That's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Part two is called Building a Beer Festival. Talk a little bit about building a beer festival, organizing a beer festival. So, Jan, if uh, 
if someone comes up to you, somebody in some town in Belgium comes up and says, Bonjour, Huya Dach, I'm organizing a beer festival, what's the first piece of advice that you would give them? You have to, to be a range of good beers, I think, to, uh, the festival with, with a theme and uh, that you can count of enthusiastic volunteers. And uh, I think that's, that's very important. Good beers and uh, a work, good working team. Yeah, beer selection and, and have a team that can, yeah. can deliver it. Yeah. Bart, what do you think? What's the, what's the bit of advice that you'd give? Um, I would advise them to, as soon as possible, uh, look into the permit uh, and all the logistical challenges that you can have. Um, I'm not sure how it is in the other cities, but um, for us, it, it can be a challenge to, to get the permit and to be able to do what you would like to do. Um, we have moved quite a few times, maybe you know this. Um, this wasn't always our choice. Um, so that's, I mean, it has nothing to do with beer itself. It has to do with the organization and yeah, getting started in time, not to, yeah, so you don't get into trouble later on. Uh, it's quite particular to Bruges, I think, because um, Essen is a, is a more regional uh, location. It's not a huge city. You know, it's it's a people come to the festival, but it's it's not like a, a city like Bruges. Wachnasi is like perfectly situated for big events. Yeah. But you're moving from like Zant to the you know the 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 main square in, in the town or inside the Belfort. The Belfort, uh, yeah. and then you have the square as well. When you have the tent site, and then you're moving yeah. to another venue. <clears throat> and you know the the city of Bruges is a a, a, a a touristic city. You get a lot of people visiting, so that organizational element is probably quite a big headache every year. Yeah, um, Bruges is actually uh, UNESCO heritage. So it means that uh, its view, its entire view is, is protected, but it also means that you can't just do whatever you want. Um, so yeah, getting that done is is a challenge. So I, I imagine if you would do something similar in another historical city of Belgium, if you would have like a festival in, in Mechelen or in Leuven, uh, in the city center, you would have similar challenges. Yeah. I would, I would think. So um, get, your pa- get your paperwork in order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and contact uh, all the the city services, like the police, the, the fire department, uh, everybody. You need to talk to them well in time if you want to do something uh, like that. Definitely. A uh, bit of advice for someone starting a festival. Well, my first advice, I think it would be like uh, there to be different. Don't go copying other festivals. Have a clear vision and do not compromise. Go for it uh, and then I think it will work out fine. But don't just start copying other things and dare to be different and follow your ideas and believe in your own ideas and your own strengths and then go for it. Because that's the only way you add value uh, to the scene. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Bob are. Um, one of the sort of affiliated beer clubs, consumer groups of Zitos, right? Just for people maybe that, that um, aren't aware of the, the structure of the mm-hmm. of, of Belgian beer. Ober, who run Kerst Beer Festival, are also an affiliated Zitos group. But uh, Billy's is kind of an independent festival, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but even you two guys, Ober and Bob, are doing completely different things with your festival. 
and you know you have your own concept and you know you you have a I think one of the bigger festivals if not the biggest of any affiliated consumer group in Bruges I, I don't think I mean Zethos itself is run by all the groups together the Zethos Beer Festival but actually there's an, an argument to be made that Bruges is now bigger than Zethos mm, I think so I think Bruges is bigger than yeah. Zethos yeah, yeah well it's that's maybe true but I don't think that's so important um the, the the audience of of ZBF is also different. Um, you will not have you know those many tourists. Um, we have to be honest. Uh, the city of Bruges is like one of the key points of our festival. Um, we are very lucky to be in the coolest uh, city for tourists. If if people come from abroad to Belgium and they only have time to visit one city, they will do Bruges even though that there are many other great cities in, in, in Belgium or in Flanders. So, yeah, size is not that important to me. Um, I think that all different beer festivals that are under the umbrella of, of Zitos, uh, we hope that they continue to, to, to be there. And um, some of them also have a different format, and uh, that's fine. We should not be copying, as uh, Stefan said. I think there's also a difference with our festival. We work only with volunteers and at Billy's and uh, at BAP, the uh, brewers. So, yeah, you mean behind the stands? The consumers, pouring, the visitors yeah. uh, can visit, uh, can uh, add contact directly with the brewer. That's also interesting to have a small talk about the beer. That's not possible uh, at, at, at Essen. But yeah. One of the things you mentioned um, as an important part of building any festival is beer selection. Right, and your beers are all in some way connected to the concept of guest beer, so Christmas beer, winter beer. Um, how do you define what can be included, and um, like what are the, what's the kind of the range that that appears at the festival in terms of beer styles? I think uh, you can say it's a style Christmas beer. It can be a pilsner of four and a half and uh, a barrel age of 70%. I think all, all the stars are present at the festival. If the brewer said, that is my winter beer, that's my special beer for uh, October till March, then we try to, to get it. And that's a sort of a sport because there are some small Walloonian breweries who has all the small batch and we try to get uh, three or four... Uh, uh, Zeg maar, krats, krats. Bakken, ja, krats, So if you're, if you're, um, if you're, I, I guess it's also built on experience. So you've done the festival for how many years have you have you run the festival? It will be the twenty seventh edition. Twenty seventh festival. Okay, so you you guys know what you're doing. Um, you have connections with the brewers in Belgium that are making these winter beers. So every year you have an like you can have an ongoing discussion. Some um, we have to order now. Some. Christmas beers, they are. <laughs> yeah, for in the summer. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of like the logistics of it, are you then working with um, drunken handles or distributors or do yeah. you drive to all the breweries to pick up these? Both. We work uh, with local uh, beer shops uh, like Dukenje, Van Oeflen and Willems and also uh, we try to have our own transport to, to get all beers. And 
a, a pilsner of four and a half percent can be a, a Gerspeer. For example, the classic of uh, Slagmulder. Mm-hmm. Slagmulder Gerspils is one of the original uh, Christmas beers. Uh, Double Palm, for example. There are classics. Well, I think it's 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 close now. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's brewed for the last time. Yeah. Ah, okay. But Royal uh, Swinkle said this year will be a new a new uh, Christmas beer, so I'm curious. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you guys really sort of understand the market for winter beers because you're always on the lookout for new ones that are being announced or new ones that are being released. Yes, that, that's true. And also uh, some uh, beers are especially, especially brewed for export. For example, brewed uh, at the proof brewery for Denmark or the Netherlands or for France. The, normally they are not available on the Belgian market, so we try to get it in Denmark, Netherlands or France to get back and in Belgium back to, to, Belgium. to present the beers. Yeah. Okay, so that's really the only like place the, in Belgium. The, the beers and the, the, the yeah, Earl. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, all those wonderful Belgian beers from Mikkeler, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stefan, how do you go about beer selection? Because, you know, you're billing it as sort of 50 of the best breweries in the world or, or breweries, the best breweries that you can get a hold of. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful, diverse lineup. How how do you go about brewery and beer selection? Yeah, so it's it's something we take uh, a lot of time about thinking about the breweries and mostly, um, well, I do the beer selection of the breweries and I'm all, mostly I'm always a year uh, forward. So in in when we have our festival in 2022, I'm already working on the lineup of 2023. Uh, so what we do is like yeah, we we visit a lot of like breweries festivals. Uh, and nowadays, yeah, you cannot do everything yourself. So if in a, a lot of like countries, especially abroad, we have people who are looking after um, uh, new upcoming breweries or breweries that they say, yeah, this is like really good. <coughs> so you have like a web of moles around different places that you yeah, can trust and, their opinion a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and then, <coughs> um, and then we try to, if, if possible, to do like, yeah, to send beers to us so we can try to taste it. And then we always want to see that we have like a balanced lineup that we don't only have like uh, IPA breweries or only uh, sour ale, so that there is like a nice balance uh, in all the beers. And yeah, and sometimes it is based upon one can for like last year we had uh, Uchu Brewing from Japan. But yeah, that's very difficult, but I had a customer uh, at my bottle shop and he had uh, a can for me. He said, hey, I want you to taste it. And it was like really, really good. <coughs> I'm sorry, I have to drink more. <laughs> so, uh, so it was that was based upon one can, and then yeah, you, you try to to look look up a little bit of like feedback from the brewery, but not like uh, the last thing I'm using by selecting breweries is untapped because the scores don't mean anything to me. But I like to find if they if you can find reviews from people or like uh, specialized magazines or like beer blogs uh, telling uh, important things about the breweries. And for us, the most important thing is that the brewery, that it is uh, an independent brewery and that it's a craft brewery. Do you ever get breweries contacting you to ask whether they can attend or pour? Yeah. We have, yeah, we have that a lot. But uh, although that breweries know that please do not contact us, we will contact you. Because sometimes we are following breweries for many years. There are breweries that we are 
are following for three years. And I would say, yeah, the quality is not there yet, uh, but we we keep on following them. And then sometimes they're like, okay, now the quality is like really, really high. It can be on our festival and now we contact them. But we have, yeah, we get many like um, uh, breweries contacting us like, oh, can we please be at the festival? But we all say, no, you you can only be there on inv- invitation. Uh, don't invite yourself. So you, you have the kind of, that you're already working on the waiting list for 2024, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And how do you, because it's an international festival and I think yeah. one of the, the the unique value propositions is that Belgians coming to the festival in Antwerp can drink or taste beers from breweries that maybe they don't know or breweries from other countries that they'll never get a chance to taste because there's not a lot of import of non-Belgian beers into Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do a balance between celebrating what you want to celebrate at home in Belgium and making sure that you know you have the international representation and you make it very exciting for people in Belgium. Uh, so what we always we do like a mix. We also have, of course, our Belgian breweries and then our breweries from abroad. And we always see that there is some kind of like nice mix of, of what what we think are like very well known uh, breweries, uh, established breweries. And we always try to look for what are upcoming breweries that people are still not know, but what we believe are like. Yeah, the, the new really upcoming uh, breweries. Um, and we always ask uh, from the beginning, we ask to our breweries, please do not bring your core range, how amazing they are, all are, but a lot of people know them. Uh, and in a way, it's always because we never ask, but now we have like most breweries uh, that are coming, even from abroad, they, they brew beers, especially for the festival, or they have one-offs, or they bring their most sought-after beers that you normally never can get. So, and that makes it very interesting for, for like local people and also for people from abroad because they maybe have like, okay, they, I can get beers of that brewery, but I cannot get the beers that they're bringing to your festival. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges of running a beer festival because there are a lot and, you know, we've, we've kind of touched on a few of them. Um, one of them, of course, is sourcing beers that perhaps are seasonal beers or that are one-offs or that maybe are harder to get. Um, but I remember a few years ago uh, at the Gatsbeer Festival, you guys had a problem with just the amount of people that were coming. And I think you had to make a decision to say, look, we can't do it like this anymore. We have to make this all ticket and limit the numbers. So can you remember the moment in the festival where it was like, oh, this is a problem? I think it was 2017, 17. It was a sort of luxury problem, but we want uh, to be a cozy atmosphere where everyone can taste easily and uh, in a good atmosphere but at a certain moment was was too crowded so we decided uh, to start with pre-sale tickets so we give uh, our members priority the first of july they could uh, buy four tickets so the first of july was the half was was bought and the first of august for the rest so i think uh, at midnight first of august at my phone, tick, 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 tick. Christmas ten, festival is, is Ten minutes up. later was sold out. Yeah, I, I think I remember <laughs> being there 2016, 2017, and I remember a lot of queues out the door. Um, and I mean, it it's obviously speaks to, the, to, to how great the festival is, that people want to come from all over Belgium and other countries and the Netherlands on the trains, walk up there to the, to the hall to, to get in. Um, but when you introduce tickets, and Stefan will also know this, you also introduce other problems where people are asking for tickets that haven't got them. And, you know, did you encounter in the first years when it changed, like some 
resentment from people or, or, or was it, was it organized enough that people knew that was, this was the way it was? Well, I think the first time was, was a bit searching which way we, we can make the, the people, uh, satisfied. So on Facebook, we said, uh, some people, yeah, I can't come on Saturday, but I have three tickets. And, and so it was a sort of, uh, own group on Facebook to, to sell and resell tickets. So we didn't, uh, really, uh, involve for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and, and so the, the amount of people that can get in the room now is like 2,100, something like that? Thousands a day. So, uh, it's uh, limited. Yeah. That's a pity, but enough. That means we, that we those, that no higher. those that can, can, can enjoy a more, uh, yeah. a better atmosphere. Um, Stefan, you when you started the festival, it was very different to what was there in Belgium uh, before. Um, in particular, you were going with a, a an all-in cover ticket price. Um, so, w how much do people pay to get into Belize now on a, on a day ticket? They pay now uh, eighty-five, and that covers the, the, your beer inside, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what was your initial f feedback from people or reaction when? You know, you go to Bruges Beer Festival, you go to Zitos, and you, I think maybe now you pay a nominal amount for a glass and then you buy tokens per beer, right? What was the initial reaction, particularly among sort of a more traditional set of Belgian drinkers to that change? Well, I think you do not you do not want to know that. I do. <laughs> uh, well, the first edition, but we knew <coughs> that because Belgium, in that way, is always when you introduce something new. That's something that people don't know. They always have to be against it at first. No reason why, but they have to be against it. So also in the beginning, people were completely against uh, the all-in tickets. Uh, we were called thieves and everything. Um, but you see how much, how, yeah, how quick it changes. And we have now that people who were the most against it, they're kind of like now uh, taking it up for us and telling other people like, oh, wow, uh, I wish it was all all in tickets. I even know that after the second edition of so, I got a, a text from Menno who organizes Boris Beer Festival. It's like, like, man, what are you doing? I got a lot of people asking here now also to make it an all in festival. Um, so yeah, but in the beginning it was very hard, but we knew that in advance, we knew that yeah, it's going to be difficult because yeah, in Belgium and the Netherlands, they don't know an all-in festival, but if you see abroad, they don't know tokens. It's uh, because I think tokens also came from an historical way here in Belgium, but abroad tokens. No, I, I remember my first beer festivals in Belgium right back at the start and I would go up to the to the counter and, and ask to buy a beer. And they were like, oh yeah, you have to go and join that other queue with the tokens before you can come back here. So I'm, but now it's like, I know straight to go to the token, you know, unless it's a particular festival. But um, I mean, it, it gives you the kind of the, the, the peace of mind that you know, right? The tickets are sold out. So I know exactly the numbers that are coming. It gives you the, the, the money funding that you, people buy a ticket so you can pay brewers for, for the beer. Um, I guess what's difficult is that you've got such a, a, a diverse range of beer that at very different price points. And some of the stuff you're bringing in because it's so special is quite expensive. Yeah. And you obviously have to, you know, strike deals with the brewers and everything. But I mean, th there is a kind of a culture in Belgium, I think, of expecting world-class beers for a relatively low price point. I mean, if you see, mm -hmm. even in traditional cafes, if you go in and see how much you're paying for, you know, a, an old Hughes from a respected Lambic brewery or a Trappist beer, it's like, you know, this this would be twice the price in the UK or or in in some other countries. So, did you have to fight that 
as well about like the price of the ticket, for, you know, even though the value is is so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, nowadays not. We have nowadays people, which is weird. Actually, people saying like, actually, your festival is cheap, uh, especially if you see the quality. Because we know that uh, one year we had like shrimps, and you know they had like like a meat, and at their own uh, tap room uh, for only like two cent liter, you pay twenty dollar. So people could pour here uh, as many as they wanted. Uh, so they had like a, even if I have like three uh, times I have that meat, I already got the price of my <laughs> of my entire ticket, and there are still four hundred other beers to taste. So I think nowadays people are more aware of like what is the price of the beer, um, and they make their own calculation. They have like yeah, actually it's it's not that expensive. Uh, it's actually pretty cheap for the quality and the diversity of beers you can get here. So, but in the first year, yeah, it was very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just so different. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you guys approach pricing? Because again, you're trying to pull people off the street and make it very accessible for people, but you're also dealing with, yeah, breweries making all very di- different types of beer of different sizes. Mm-hmm. So how do you pull that into one uniform, you know, pricing structure that works? Well, um, currently, everybody that enters uh, buys a starter pack. So you, you get the glass, you get the chip card, because now we have an electronic uh, payment system. Um, and they have tokens. So they immediately get everything they need uh, from the start. Um, but we have had some discussions at one point between, you know, what is democratic and what is not. And uh, we decided to allow uh, two tokens for uh, 15 centiliters, because... We are a beer festival where we're serving 15 centiliters, uh, icebox 10 centiliters. So it's um, there are other festivals where you serve like 33 centiliters and that's maybe a challenge to get people, you know, decently home. Uh, but mm, yeah, we had some discussions, but very quickly we, we realized that since there was an evolution in the beers and the beer prices in the shops and in the bars, we had to make an evolution as well. So then we started with the two tokens. And uh, yeah, you clearly have, still have Belgians that say, well, that's too much. I will only go for the, the 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 beers that cost one token, but that's not a problem. We have 502 beers now at the festival and uh, the vast majority is still one token. But the people that come for the new beers or the the, the, the primeurs or the beers that are only made for, for BAP, uh, they will happily pay two tokens. So it depends a bit on who they are and, and if they consider that a very good product is worth more. And it's like, you know, we easily pay for cheap, well, for m- medium quality wine, we easily pay more in Belgium. Uh, but for a really good beer, sometimes we're a bit, uh, you know, well, it's also because historically it was always good quality and then that actually comes from the Trappist order that that set that off. Um, so they made sure that they had good quality, but still the price was, was pretty low. So we were spoiled in a way. We had really good quality at a fair price. And that's why it's it's difficult if you start with uh, with higher prices. But if it's scarce, if it's something really special, then people will happily... Pay, uh, if you can show value, more. yeah. yeah. Exactly. And what about the, the the size of pour? Because you guys are doing fifteen cl glasses f- for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you guys. What what size is your glass? We do eight centiliter. Eight. And what's <coughs> yours? Fifteen. Fifteen. So you're the same as as Bruges. Yeah, but we have three levels, so it's it's the same system. 
for a very expensive beer is five centiliter mm-hmm. for one taken, uh, token and uh, ten for two and full glass three. For example, barrel aged, uh, very special beer. Yeah. So you can give people the choice to have a yeah. slightly lar- larger glass for something that they want to maybe yeah. lower alcohol or they can sit over for, for a longer time. Yeah. And then you're, you're basing that on people wanting to try the most uh, beers in one session, essentially, to try and have a smaller uh, sample size. Yeah, that's why we do like eight centiliter pours. Yeah. Because we want to be like a tasting festival, not a how fast can I get drunk festival. So, Okay, what are we drinking? We are drinking a Winter Koenigsee Grand Cru. I think it's a sort of underestimated winter beer. It's maybe not a classical winter beer in the sense of uh, Gouda Garoules or St. Bernardes or Stella Nacht, like that, but for me it's oh, with uh, complexity, uh, strong alcohol, uh, they used seven sort of malts, and uh, I, I think it's a sort of digestive and uh, very rich beer. It's very rich. It's very smooth. There's a lot of complexity, like you say. Why do you say it's quite different to those other beers you mentioned? In what way is it not a classic winter beer? Um, I will say it's not spiced. And normally the people say, yeah, winter beer has to be uh, spiced with typical uh, winter spices sort of uh, what do we recognize in the beers of Gouden Carolus or uh, Simbananas for example and each year we have a sort of election that's that, uh, that the visitors can make their choice of best Christmas beer and this beer is always in the top five but never the first because so, it's not classic enough, do you think? It's it's very rich. It's it's quite easy to drink for such a high ABV. Um, there's a, like a touch of bitterness in there, but not like um, too much hot bitterness, and not like a very roasted character. It's it, like I said, it's pretty smooth. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very drinkable beer. And what what yeah. are the what are the other top four or five beers that are, that always get there in the in, in the in the festival list? Uh, normally, it's the Stella Nacht. From the dollar, yeah, and sometimes if if they have an addition, uh, a batch of their reserva, will also still an reserva. Then uh, the Gouda Carolus was last year elected as best Christmas beer. Yeah, Coden Carolus, it's a classic. Yeah, and then in another way, in the in the strong blonde was, for example, the Bon, the uh, uh, Bon, Bon Vieux de Dupont. Yeah. That's, always in the top five. Do you ever see anyone breaking into the top five that's a new beer? Or is that, mm. that has to be hard won in Belgium? Sometimes it was our own festival beer. Several years we, we made, uh, our, let brew our festival beer at, for example, uh, Pirlo, the brewery uh, Pirlo, uh, Crown Mountain, and a small brewery from Essen. Um, the Triest, mm-hmm. really the Triest, but Gedurfde Kerst. So it was a sort of uh, But it, it was not very accessible for all, all people, but it was sold out, so uh, it was a small batch. Is there any moment you can recall from the 
what is it, 27 years of the Catchbeat Festival um, as the a moment that really sticks out in your mind as one you're very proud of or that was something just quite different or that made you think, yeah, what we're doing here is important and special? Yes, I think two editions, uh, the very first edition, where you try something, you never know what will be the end, what will be the success in, in 27 years. So there were more volunteers than visitors. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it was in 2006 or seven. We, we had to change the venue. So it was a small community center to a big uh, sport hall uh, venue. So we met more places. That was a serious change. But with the support of the community of Essen, we uh, are guaranteed that we can uh, hire every year that, that, that hall. We want to be, uh, we want, don't want to be great, uh, bigger. You want to make that your home now? Yeah. Keep it the same size. Yeah. What about you, Bart? Is there any moment from your involvement with the festival in Bruges that sort of sticks out as like that was a moment that makes it all worthwhile? Um, I think last year was actually um, because of what I said earlier that it was just reopening again and that you saw so many people coming in with a smile on their face. They hadn't had a drink yet. So they were completely sober, but they already had the yeah the happiness on their face. And then it was like, okay, we were very lucky that uh, the festival, festival could proceed because we had uh, a certain scenario ready for, uh, you know, the COVID safe check. Uh, so we had to build a separate uh, village on uh, the squared sand for that. Um, and we always knew that if there would be a bad new variant, that all of a sudden it could be, you know, game over and, and you need to shut down. And then you you spent a lot of money already. Um, you make costs and then it's like zero money coming in. And that's a challenge. We're a non-profit organization. Uh, we need to be careful, you know. Yeah. So it was a moment of relief and also a moment of, you know, happy to see other people being happy because they could start you know, celebrating with, with friends again, because in our region, in Bruges, they, the people don't call it Bruges Beer Festival. They call it the Beer Feesten. They call it, you know, the Beer Party. And that's what it is. Here, yeah. Why does it face you? Here is it face you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Stefan? Moment that you can remember that sticks out in your mind, emotional or relief or happiness? Yeah, I think there were like two times it was... Uh, definitely the, the first edition. So when we had like like I told you before, we had a lot, a lot of like difficulties, people calling our names and were very much against it. But then in the end, it was still a success. So 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 that first day or that first edition, when you see okay that people really appreciate it and it's going well, then yeah, then it, it, it gets you emotionally. And then especially for me, it was like the, the fifth edition because it was like an anniversary edition, but also for me, it was the first edition without Billy. And it was very nice to see how uh, uh, breweries, but also people visiting us, 
that they yeah, they had like people had their little children made picture uh, drawings of Billy. They had uh, they showed me pictures of them ever together with Billy. So that was for me a very emotional one. Uh, and yeah, there are other two ones that stick out of it. But I think yeah, it's a little bit like Bart says. Like every time you see people waiting in line before we open with the happy faces, they're like eager to to taste all the beers, but also that they meet friends that they had from, they haven't seen for a year and everything. Yeah, it's like this is why we do this. Nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. If you had to ask a question to um, someone from the Karsch Beer Festival or the Brugge Beer Festival, what would you what would you ask? And you can be selfish about, you know, trying to get information for your own festival, <laughs> <laughs> or you can just like challenge them with a question, but what would, what would you? Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's. I would I would ask it uh, to to to, but it's 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 a naughty one. But I'm 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 always um, I have some problem with with um, like at festivals where brewers have to pay to attend the festival because I know yeah you make costs and uh, we're all like non-profit organizations. But I was yeah for me. Brewers, they produce art, in my opinion, and it's the same thing, like, <clears throat> I cannot imagine that um, Hermann Schurmas from Werchter saying like to the Rolling Stones, oh yeah, you can come, but uh, please pay me that kind of money. So I'm always wondering what your thoughts and ideas are about that, because yeah, that's, I have it, yeah, it's, I, I, I cannot kind of like... I think it's very weird. Like I said, you should be proud as an organizer that breweries are coming and you should... I don't say you don't treat them with respect, but like, don't let them pay to be there. You, it's because they're artists, what they make, what they create. It's, it's, yeah. I understand what you're saying and where it's coming from. Um, actually, the decision was taking, this is edition 15, you know, I mean, it was the decision was taken for the first, uh, the decision was taken for the first edition and, um, we are a non-profit organization and they are commercial companies. Um, for them, um, I mean, we have a, a high demand, so we have many uh, companies and, and that we need to refuse. Um, so if we want to make sure that um, we don't have a financial disaster as organizing the festival and we can give the consumers uh, value for money, then they also need to pay. Um, and the amount of money that they need to pay is not very high. Um, I will not disclose any prices here, but I also know what needs to be paid elsewhere. And we're cheap. We're cheap for the visitors that we have and for the exposure that we are giving them. Um, in a way, you could say that they're paying for a marketing event, if you want, because... They are commercial companies and we are not. And we are glad to help them. We are glad to, you know, being the showcase of, of Belgian beer. Uh, but we also need to make sure that at the end of the ride, uh, we don't have a financial uh, disaster. So I know where this is coming from. And probably if I would be a brewer, I would have the same reasoning. Uh, but it's it's a necessity for us to, to make sure that... Uh, 
yeah, it, I, it's a, I mean, organizing the festival, as you all know, is not uh, it's not a cheap thing. You have to definitely think about finances and make sure it can work so that the festival is sustainable. I understand Stefan's point as well. I, I think where I fall is more about um, if you have a fee for the brewers, no matter how small, you also are driving it towards breweries that can afford to go uh, rather than maybe brewers that are smaller and maybe startups. So, um, but the lower you keep the fee, obviously, the the, the easier it is for people to attend. Um, it, it has to be seen as a marketing venture, I think, because as a brewery, they're not earning money from the pours that they make at the festival itself. Some do. Some, some, <laughs> some make a lot, actually. Yeah. But okay, can't disclose anything about that. But no, no, no. For some breweries, it is uh, interesting. Yeah. And is that more, without disclosing names, <laughs> is that more, you think, local breweries who have a following in the region that can attract the people to their stall? Or is it those that are pouring, inverted commas, hype beers that maybe they are not easily accessible elsewhere at the festival? It's a mixture. And um, what we do see is that breweries that come to us that were like X amount of years ago, very small, and that had a few beers and they came and they keep coming year after year that they sort of have uh, a group of fans and the group of fans grows every year together with the brewery. And now they have like between 10 and 20 beers um, and they can't keep up. Yeah, because so, they, they get their fan base at the festival and every time they come back, the fan base is there and revisits them. Yes, but the fan base becomes bigger and grows with the brewery. Yeah. And um, for me, that's great because we see them when they start small and we can see them grow and that's fantastic. Yeah, you have a, ha a hand to play in their evolution. Very small hand, but... That's, what, make, you're, you're that's what makes it worthwhile in the end as well, because we want to be a festival that is a showcase for Belgian beer, but we obviously always have our own, you know, fans. I mean, um, I'm a fan of Brewery X and Y and Z. And if you see them grow, that makes you happy because it's not just me who likes their beers. And sometimes I have a discussion with my friends and I say, look, this you have to try. And then you don't always have to agree, but you need to try them. And maybe the first time they will say, mm, it's a bit weird, but the second or the third time they will like it. And it's the same at the festival. Um, for me, one of the key things why we're doing what we're doing, we're attracting Belgian beer drinkers that can be traditional at one point in time. But when they keep coming to us and we actually ask for different styles of beer, also like Eau de Heuse, because in our province, Eau de Heuse is not so well known. Um, you see that you actually can, well, maybe it's a bad word, but you, you can educate them. You can show them that there is other stuff out there and they open their minds. I've seen it at Bruges. I've seen people get a, a glass from a brewery, come back to their friends and I've watched them and they've smelled the beer which is a hoppy beer, and they've turned around to their friend and said, this smells like tropical fruit. And it's something that they haven't seen before. And, you know, they're maybe, maybe they drink mostly triples or strong golden eels or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it happen and it's, it's really quite a joy to behold, you know. Jan, if you had to ask a question to another a festival, Bruges or Billy's, what would that question be? 
It's not really a question. I, I will give a compliment because of the authenticity and also uh, the cozy place to, to taste. It's very important to, to have space to taste and to uh, share uh, yeah, the, the, the friendship, I think. Yeah, and I think the fact that you guys are all doing something different adds value to the whole Belgian scene, right? Bart, who's your question for? Question for another festival. Um, my question is is for you, Stefan. Um, I know the system that you use with, with the linder tops. Um, have you ever thought about um, giving them extra linder tops so that they can bring more beers? Because these breweries are really great and they have more than four great beers. So, um, or eight, because it's four per day, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. So have you ever considered increasing the number? But of course, you need to buy all those linders, right? That's a big uh, investment. But have you ever considered that? Uh, in a way, not, because for us also it is like we wanted, like I said before, we want to be like a tasting festival. Uh, and we think the more beer we bring in, the more likely will people get a little bit intoxicated by the alcohol. So we still want it to be like, okay, it's a tasting festival, get to know uh, new beers and everything. Okay, we have four beers um, per brewery per day. Uh, we have 50 breweries, so there are like 200 different beers and that's why we think, okay, that's more than enough for one day to have like, even that you cannot like drink 200, even if it's a pour of like eight centiliters. And sometimes with the high ABV beers, we tell brewers, just do five centiliters. You cannot even taste all of them. So it was a very well thought idea about the amount of beer. So yeah, we never thought about letting them bring more beers, no. Jan, if um, you had to organize one other existing beer festival in Belgium, present company excluded, no Billy's, no Bruges, no Beer Festival, which festival would you like to be involved in the organization of? I will I will go for Brassigom in Marbellan. Brassigom, yeah. So that's down uh, in the Rural territory. Yes, that's right. I, uh, because that's that's not really a beery area, and uh, that, that's what uh, I think for, for that area uh, very interesting to to meet local brewers from Germany, from France, from from Flanders to discover some. Uh, new new beers, but uh, there's also a place for gathering uh, people to 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 discover the beers. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite festivals to 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 go and to taste. Yeah, I mean when you when you mention Brassigom, we obviously have three Flemish uh, people at the table, three Flemish festivals. There are lots more Flemish beer festivals in Belgium than there are Walloon festivals. Um, is there, and I don't want to get political here, but we, we have to, we have to talk about it as well. Is there, uh, like a disconnect to Flemish people also go to Walloon beer festivals? Um, is there a reason that there's fewer Walloon festivals? Is there a disconnect between the beer worlds themselves because of language? Not really a disconnect. I think it's now... Last year we see Wallonian visitors at the Christmas Beer Festival in Bruges, uh, so mm. I think it's not an issue. Yeah, I, th I think maybe that Wallonia is 
for a long time was more like connected to France. And also in, in France, terms of its beer, culture, beer yeah, scene, and also in France, we see that that, that the the craft beer movement or the interest in beer, it's now it's increasing, but it took a while. And also, if you see like the number of craft beer bars, craft beer shops, and festivals in Wallonia, it's it's if you compare it to Flanders, it's still very very little, but it's but it's it's starting to grow. But I think it has a little bit to do that they you see it also in political ways that they're more lean towards France. And I think also a little bit in um, in their their appreciation of the beer that it's uh, yeah that it was more like difficult uh, also for like beer importers if they say yeah we have so little customers in in the French speaking part of Belgium and it's completely different than uh, the Dutch speaking but it's 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 getting there more is they're starting a new movement which is really nice to see to see it evolve yeah absolutely I mean you guys have Wallon Brewers at Bruges yes. Um, both traditional ones and also from uh, the craft. Yeah, uh, you scene. mentioned misery and and uh, and yeah. Brussels, but yeah, yeah, and Brasserie's um, Zitologist. Yeah, is yeah. also that's uh, a Heinige one, I think. Isn't yeah, yeah. Uh, Guille Peton or something like that. It's yeah. a very small village, and um, they don't sell well in the village itself because they make. Well, they make really uh, weird, in the good way, they make like, weird beers with, with uh, some uh, ingredients that uh, most people from the village will say, you don't do that in beer. Well, yes, you do, if you do it properly. Um, and then their core range is, is, uh, is yeah, mostly IPAs. They're uh, very Hawaii-oriented in their uh, nice style, styling. Yeah. yeah, they're great guys, but they sell more in uh, Leuke. Uh, in uh, Namen, in, in Brussels, uh, and in Flanders. So, yeah, I think there was some delay in the, the setting of the craft beer scene, but they're coming now, and uh, they have some good breweries like uh, Atrium as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marchand so, for men. Yeah. Exactly. So you do have the good breweries, uh, Brasserie Menne as well. So there are actually more than a few now, um, but now the consumers need to follow as well, and that is kicking in a bit slower than it was in, in Flanders. And I think Stefan is right that they were very much oriented. Uh, but I see what, what Stefan mentioned as well. I also see new festivals in Wallonia popping up, which are like have a slightly different touch to them or an edge where we're just going to do IPAs at this festival or we're going to be only focused on saison, mm-hmm. like uh, Jean-Christophe from, uh, the, from the De La Sombre. Yeah. You know, that's a really fantastic innovation to see. Um, and there's other festivals that I, you know, have come across that I've had never heard of before outside of the big ones in Liège and Namur. So there's definitely something happening, and I'm I'm pretty certain that those guys are also coming up to, you know, Bruges Caspier Festival Billy's to sort of learn and get some information as well. You know, um, if there was a dream outcome for Belize, like what's where, what's the north star for the festival that you want to get to? Um. Well, I think if you see like the the first edition, um, it's what people call like it was mostly the beer geeks, which I, I hate the word, but beer enthusiasts, enthusiasts. yeah, or the beer uh, geeks are a level beyond that. Yeah, yeah there are a level beyond that. <laughs> but um, who visited the festival? But we see like a big evolution that now more and more like people who actually in the beginning were not into like the, the beer industry or drinking into beers, but more into like natural wines or anything that they started to to start visiting Billy's and that's what we want to do with Billy's. We want to, to introduce the craft beer to as many 
people as possible and we see like a, a huge evolution um, in, in the people visiting our visit, festival there, like not only like the people, but only the craft beers and only the, the hyped beers and everything. No, people who are interested in, in trying something new, discovering something new. And that is a beautiful thing to see. And that's, uh, I hope that it stays uh, evolving in that way that we have like a broad range of people uh, visiting our festival uh, and introducing the crowd beer to as many people as possible. Yeah, You know, that's a really interesting point because I think there has been questions in the beer world in recent years about inclusivity, you know, about making sure that everyone feels safe and welcomed, right? And I think a beer festival is an, it's an important place that people can come together and different types of people can come together. Um, you know, we are all... Um, men at this table, we're all white men. Thankfully, we're not all Belgian, but, um, you know, it can be, <laughs> it can be a space that, you know, traditionally has been difficult for other people to come into gender wise or, uh, you know, otherwise. Is there, is that something that you're conscious of or something that you don't think too much about in, in the organization of the festivals? Um, yeah, but also there we see like a huge evolution in the beginning. Uh, I think if people visiting like Billy's, they would say like, oh, I was uh, at, a gay, at, a, <laughs> at a gay party or something. But nowadays you see there are like more and more women also coming and there is like also like from mixed cultures. Um, the only thing that is, if you say like, yeah, but inclusivity and everything, yeah, yeah, we had, yeah, what happened years ago at a certain brewery and festival and... Yeah, that we see that 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 changed a lot. Like uh, we have like a lot of like breweries now asking, okay, what is your protocol? Um, and do uh, you guys put something in place? To- yeah, yeah. We started working like also with this uh, with a with a safe space volunteer and and with strict guidelines. And it's it's yeah, we've we've been more aware of of, of those things. And um, so yeah, that is something that that yeah that that happened and that changed a lot and that we keep in mind like. Uh, yeah, we have to be very aware of it and, and make sure that everybody is can be included in Billy's Crowd Beer Fest. Yeah. Is that something that you guys think about at all? Yeah, we talked about that uh, with the stewards and uh, and also we have a yeah, security from a professional company and um yeah, the the let's say the guidelines are changing at that level from the multicultural uh aspect. We've always been a festival with 40 to 50% people from all over the world. So no problem there, I would say. And also with, you know, a lot of women visiting. Uh, so I know what you mean, uh, Stefan, but um, yeah, for us, this never has been, let's say, a big issue. Um, but I do see that if I go into, uh, and I do use Untapped, for example, because if I'm somewhere and I use Untapped in a nearby venue, then you obviously end up where you want to yeah. be. Um, and then you go into that pub, then you do do see that it's not 50-50 in, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, male-female. It is what it is, but it is changing. It yeah. is evolving. And we see it in our uh, non-profit organization as well. So the, the number of members that we have, and the shift between, you know, the, the balance between men and women, it is it is uh, going in the right direction, I would say. And, by the way, um, we have uh, something in Flanders that is very special. It's called uh, Zitolog. And it's actually a, a diploma degree that is recognized by the, by the government. Um, 
And when I studied that, there were um, a few women in the class, um, but that was 10 years ago. And when you look at it now, it's much more balanced. And actually, if you look at uh, the number of female zytologists in, in West Flanders, uh, the number is rising. So that's a good thing. Part three, landscape. beer that's been poured for us um, it is kind of a, a, a murky brown out of a bottle that has a label on it um, Bart this is one that you brought along from from Bruges mm -hmm. what are we drinking it's a Westflitter in 12 so the Westflitter in 12 um, it now has a label but that's fairly new uh, I think one year ago wasn't the case yet um, the reason I brought it is that uh, we've always uh, served it at the festival. And the reason we are allowed to do that by the monks is that, uh, well, we're the first non-profit organization, but we also donate to charity every year. So uh, two, three to four uh, yeah, local charity initiatives. Um, so the monks know that, and that's the reason that we're allowed to uh, to sell it at one token only, So which is actually really cheap. Um, and um, for us this is well it's an honor of course and that they allowed us to do that um, and it's also um, it's also funny to see uh, when we open the doors um, you always have British people that are standing there and they start the festival with the Westflater in 12 because the, it might run out and then they missed it so they, that's their aperitif at the festival, which is not the best aperitif beer in theory, um, but that's what they're coming for. And uh, I've had people from New Zealand uh, asking me to, to buy some bottles to bring it uh, home. And then we said, sorry, we can't do that. That's not allowed. You can just taste it here and uh, 15 centiliter only. And uh, people have been, you know, offering everything, money, uh, so other stuff. So it still has the same kind of iconic hold that it did five, seven years ago? Maybe not like five, seven years ago. Then it was like at the top of its uh, hype, I would say, because um, it was elected best beer of the world. For me, that doesn't even exist. There is no single best beer of the world. There are too many good beers or great beers around. 
but it was elected that way and, and okay, it gives you good publicity, but the fact that it's so difficult to come by, that was also adding to the hype, of course. You had to call the monks, you you had to drive up there. Um, so it's a fantastic beer. It's, no, it's no really question. different because we've just had the Winter Koenigske. It's mm-hmm. so different. It's like, um, it's got more of the kind of raisin character in the yeast. There's also like this more um, spicy thing going on in the background. There's a lot of mouthfeel in there. Um, yeah, it's like completely, and it's, it's also, you know, it's a wonderful beer. And the problem is, of course, is that it's been hyped beyond imagination. And, and if you hype a beer so much, the only reaction can be disappointment. And that's the, that's the kind of the problem that Westie faces so much. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that um, people who, who in the past said, uh, I only drink Trappist beers in Belgium because I know I will get good quality. That's still the case. Um, if you go somewhere um, and you will order a Trappist beer, you know it's going to be good quality. Um, and that's still the case here and even abroad now because you also have some some Trappist breweries abroad, even though that I understood the Austrian one. Another flat closing, yeah. yeah. Stopping and well, the Spencer as well. Spencer in, in Boston, in Massachusetts is also gone. Yeah. Yeah. And of course here in Belgium you have Ackle, uh, which is still a, a brewery but not a, a, a Trappist brewery yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, so there, there is quite a bit, a bit of change. But I, you know, I take your point about quality, especially if you look at how Westmala helps lead the way for you know their their colleagues in Belgium because you know a lot of them are using the lab at Westmala mm-hmm. and you know we talked about pricing earlier and it, it's it, it always boggles my mind how they're able to present such wonderful beers at such a reasonable price point um, of really world-class beers exactly that's I mean if you look for value for money West Fletteren is like the top um I went to the Zitos Beer Festival recently, which has a new home. Uh, it's traditionally been in the Brabanthal in, in Leuven, outside Leuven. I don't know, is that is that Haverley, the, that region where the Brabanthal is? But um, it's now in Kortrijk and I, I popped along and I had the chance to um, try beers for the first time from from Castamont, which is a new Lambic producer. Um, and this is kind of their, their Eau de Creek, so um, I am delighted to, to share it with you guys today. All, all of which is to say that festivals are actually a really great place to discover new producers that you haven't heard of before, or perhaps that you've heard of before but haven't had a chance to either talk to or taste. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that sometimes you go to festivals in other countries or in Belgium and you'll see a brewery and develop a relationship at, at that festival as well. So, I mean, it's an important part of of festivals is to actually put these producers in front of people and, you know, introduce their beers for the first time. And, you know, whether that's a, a new producer or someone who's established to a newbie in the beer world to come and sort of say, this is what their beers taste like. Um, do, do you do you see that as an important part of what you guys are doing? Yeah, because we are, in a way, we are ambassadors. Um, we try to show to the public what we have and we as in Belgians, uh, Belgian breweries. And for them, it's a unique, unique opportunity to to show what, what they bring. And if they're a newcomer, then obviously they, they need to make a name for themselves. But even the established ones, if they have uh, something new 
and they want to, you know, the, the local hospitality, for example, to discover that they have something new. Well, beer festivals are important. That's why uh, a lot of people from the hospitality that are uh, in Bruges, uh, on Sunday when they are closed, for example, they come to the festival, of course, to have a good time, to, to drink, but also because they're scouting for their own, uh, their own business, eh? Yeah, they need to be able to offer things in their bars that will add value to the customers coming in. So if they can add one or two new breweries or beers, then exactly. they're, they're on the lookout. Yeah, um, and I think that's also what people are demanding. Like, you can see that like uh, people are always looking for something new, something different. So yeah, when there is like a new brewery to discover, it's, it's nice for people to discover. That's what they're looking for. And I think that's nice for as a festival organizer that you can, yeah... Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's weird because some, yeah, you have the kind of like power, like when you think like, okay, a new upcoming brewery, but you put them kind of you like on influence. a stage. You have and influence. Yeah, you kind of like can influence that because, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's like brewery, it's about 10,000 of people and, and also at, at the Kids Beer Festival, it's, it's about also thousands of people who will get to know that new brewery or that new beer. So, and, and they started talking about it. So it gets, it's a snowball effect. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's nice to see when as a festival, you kind of like discover or have like a, like a brew that's very small and very unknown. And after the festival, people start talking about it. You see it getting into the stores, into you, bars. You can also be like an, an, arbit an arbiter of taste in that you kind of were ahead of the curve because you're in the know in the, in the industry and you mm -hmm. can sort of say, well, you know, we knew that you guys were coming. And that means that people also are like, well, Billy's knows, or Bruges knows, or mm -hmm. Gas Beer Festival yeah. knows. I mean, one of the things I wanted to, to say about like about beer festivals and, and new beers is um, a memory that I have is on, on my first trips to Belgium was going with my, my girlfriend and our wife, who's Belgian, um, to different parts of Belgium as weekend trips and going to certain festivals. So we went to... Uh, le, le weekend de, de bière spéciale in Sohier, which is this like regional tiny Walloon festival. Um, in in Sohier, it was snowing. It was like late February, and I didn't know anything about the beers that were poured. But it didn't matter because you had this whole community coming together in a kind of a marquee tent in an old sleepy Walloon village, and there was local music, and it was just like you know I don't know any of these brands yet. And um, you're just kind of welcomed in, you're, you're chatting to people and there's different elements of the festival. And, and then I started to go to other festivals and of course I went to Bruges and Gatsby Festival in Belize and, you know, many times to those and other festivals. But there's this kind of, um, it, it, it encapsulates this kind of uh, diversity of Belgian beer and the different types of, of, of people that you meet at, at the festival. So I kind of wondered if you guys keep abreast of other festivals and particularly maybe some of the newer festivals or the more iconic festivals and which ones you think are valuable or exciting. So for example, there's a new one that's popped up. I think it's called the Beer Experience. Have any of you guys been to that one? I think that's over in Limburg. Yeah, I've, I've been there, yeah. Yeah, and how was that one? Um, oh, I think it's, it's it's really nice because also they they do something new. They kind of like combine it. They have like like a, it's in an old um, collier or mining. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, building the, the venue. It's it's amazing. But uh, and then also have like playing music bands, and they do a lot of like classes with uh, beer and food pairing. 
big fan of it. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's nice to see, but and that's the thing that I say, they do something different. They don't copy, they do something different. And in, in, in my opinion, that's a success formula. And uh, it was very nice uh, to be there, yeah. Old Brown Fest. And have you guys go to that? Yes, it was great. Um, uh, big kudos to the guys of uh, Tverzet. So um, they told us that they underestimated a little bit the organization of a beer festival at that very day, very same day. Um, but they were very happy at the end. And uh, it was a, a great festival. And it was, again, like Seville said, it was something different. Um, every brewery that wanted to be there had to have at least one Oudbruin. But for the people who were not into Oudbruin all evening, they could uh, bring other beers, which they did. And it was fantastic. It was mostly Belgian breweries, but also quite a few uh, from abroad. And it was a great, uh, great thing. And I hope that they will do it again. It speaks to what you were saying about like do something different because it's you know it's it's um, it's in Kortrijk and the whole region is you know they have quite a lot of of, of old brown, road brown, whatever you want to call it. But it is like something that's got a different theme and a different concept, and they're proud of that. So you know it's unique in that way. Um, then, I mean, Zitos is. I think one of the most famous beer festivals in Belgium, you know, going back to when it was in St. Nicholas and uh, then it was in the Brabantal for such a long time. Um, it's it's a festival organized by the group which manages or owns or, or is the kind of the head branch of all the small affiliated groups like Bob and, and Ober. Um, do you think that Zitos will, will continue... Um, as it is now, or is is it going to face challenges just because of the changing nature of beer in Belgium? It's a very good question, and it's a well, it's a bit of a challenging one as well. Uh, I think they face the same challenge that, uh, let's say, if you consider Zitos being the mother, and then Uber and and Bab and all the others are being the daughters. Uh, all all the Nonprofit organizations that are peer clubs are facing the same challenge. You need to become a bit younger, you know? You need to find people that are motivated, that are skilled, that want to sacrifice some of their free time, and um, that know how to organize things. And yeah, you need to find a way to gradually pass on, you know, how do you say this? Pass on the... The baton, yeah. yeah exactly. And is the challenge there to do with like the the beer selection or is it to do with the atmosphere or is it to do with the values or, or what, what is the thing that needs to happen to to bring younger people into Zitos? If that's the issue, if, if, if it's an aging issue. Yeah. It's not an aging issue in itself, but sometimes if the world is changing, you need to adapt. That's the only thing I can I can see. And, and in our own beer club, we're doing that. We're having newer, younger people in, in the board. Um, and sooner or later, everybody has to do that. Yeah, I'm also afraid that if Zitos, if they want to keep continuing, I think they will have to start reinventing themselves and have like a fresh breeze going through the entire, but at the, not only the festival, but the entire divisions of uh, Zitos. But how does that happen? Like, is it, it what's the 
is it to do with being more inclusive or getting younger people involved or changing their attitude to beer or what's the what's the kind of the I think like the broken part that needs to be fixed? I think it's like what I said before, it's like be open minded and be be aware of what is happening into the beer scene. And like okay, be be damn proud of what the Belgian has done and what the reason about Belgium, but don't be naive and say like, oh, this is the only thing. No, there is a lot of more going on. And especially young people are also more and more, they, they still like, they will drink a double or triple and really nice as well, but they will also have their saison, their, yeah, at the moment, their pastry sour. Yeah, they will be interested in that and don't be like, oh, oh pastry sours, they don't exist. Oh, no, no, be open-minded about it. And, and yeah, and I think then it can survive, but... Have you guys ever been to the um, the Belgian Beer Weekend in the Grand Place Grote Markt in Brussels, the first weekend of September? Uh, quite a different animal of a festival. Um, <laughs> you're laughing, Bart. Why are you laughing? I went there only once. It's and with it's with. I mean, it's a full glass, and it's only the it's only the traditional heritage. But it's is it not the the kind of representation of the Belgian Brewers Federation, which encompasses, you know, a large part of the Belgian brewing world, particularly family breweries and larger commercial breweries, in in an iconic location in Brussels? It depends on how you look at it. If you look at the volume, they represent the majority. If you look at the number of breweries, they're not the majority because you have almost 400 breweries. And how many are there? Only the ones that can afford it. So I think I think space on the on the Grand Place is limited, so yeah, yeah, there's only a certain amount of of members that they can pour. So I'm not sure how what the decision is in terms of who can pour. But well, we were discussing earlier what uh, Stefan was mentioning about what brewers sometimes have to pay. I told you before we're cheap, we're really cheap, and especially compared to them, and. That is for me not showcasing Belgian beer anno 2023 anymore. Now, it's not a negative connotation because the beers in, in themselves can be great, but it's not, if you want to say to a foreign visitor, a visitor from abroad, this is what Belgium now is at, in the beer world, it's not complete. I think we are more complete than, than Brussels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, my personal opinion. No, I agree absolutely. with you, but yeah. uh, worldwide to say yes at the UNESCO World uh, Heritage, the, the, uh, the Grand Place, that the tourists, for example, from all over the world can taste their, let us say, uh, examples of Belgian beer. That they are really proud. I've seen the Japanese, Australian, and Brazilians. Pictures with the brewer to say yes. Yeah, so okay. you're saying in a, so in a UNESCO it's a showcase of yeah of Belgian beers in a UNESCO heritage location with UNESCO heritage beer culture. That's unique. That's unique. That can maybe after that bring people down to the next level deeper into yeah. Belgian beer. Yeah. There's yeah. a value to that. Um, what about uh, something like Leuven Innovation Beer Festival? Have you guys been to that one? Yes. Next weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure when this is being broadcasted, but it'll be shortly after. But yeah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, well, the name itself 
sounds sexy, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Hoftendormal is, is a great brewery. And um, yeah, the breweries that are coming, foreign and Belgian, are, uh, are quality uh, breweries. So it's good that they are there. Um, well, of course, there was maybe a small overlap at one point with Zitos because there were two beer festivals in the same city. Um, but yeah, good work. But it was also a political decision of the community of Leuven to say, yeah, we, we will choose for uh, Leuven Innovation instead of CITOS. Why? I, uh, it's not clear for me. I think that at one point as well, there was a trying to make it like a, a, a Leuven place to be, you know, the place to be, and they tried to combine everything and do visits as well. Um, I, mean, there, I mean, I have a long list of festivals here that I think are, are really interesting and quite different. Um, SWAF is kind of a, an independent festival in Brussels which gets a lot of really uh, good interest within Brussels itself you have a lot of breweries as well trying to build their own festival sort of um, tradition in a way examples are like um, well I mean Verzet had the Oberinfest but that was much more open to as many producers as, as they could get, get to come on board with that style but things like um, uh, Drie the Twisting of the Fate Um, Tilka has the English Beer Festival which has his name in the branding uh, even someone like Cantillon has both Quintessence and Zwanze you know so those are the, I would consider those to be festivals as well more than just events um, so you know and I think something also like Wanderlust from uh, the Beer Project in Brussels has become quite a big Um, event where they try to welcome other breweries from Belgium and internationally and try to create a kind of a celebration of, you know, the part of the city that they're in and the beer they're pouring. Um, and then, of course, we have the regional ones, which I think are are important. So Bruges, I would consider like a regional festival that has international and national outreach, right? You know, you're very much of Bruges. You're showing off the city. But there are other festivals in other cities that maybe don't have the same international cachet as... Um, But they still do a lot of work. Like, for example, Jens Beer Festival, we're in, we're in Ghent right now. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a couple of sort of smaller festivals, but that have a really good reputation, like Modest in, in Antwerp as well. Um, and you already mentioned Brassicum in, in Wallonia. What's the, are, are, are all of these festivals going to continue? Are they going to grow? What's the evolution here? I volunteered at uh, the Ghent Beer Festival before just uh, to help out and I'm pretty sure they will continue because their formula is a bit different. Um, they themselves select the beers and then they buy one or two crates and that's what they serve. And um, they're in the school with a fantastic uh, backyard. Uh, if it's uh, good weather, it's like really cool to be in, in the garden of the school. Um, and they will continue to do probably what they are doing now because financially they're at, not at any risk. Um, the people who are selecting the beers are all at our level. They know what they're doing. They're really good. And they actually serve what they think is best. And they do know what is best. You can, if you go there, you notice that. And it's like, uh, it's like, For me, it's a little bit like Billy's, but then the Belgian way and then not with the all-in. Uh, I really like to go there because these people know what they're doing. 
and I, I'm pretty sure they will continue to do so. And they have some links with, you know, brewers from Ghent, like like Doc Brewing and uh, Bro- who, ha- who have their own festival as well. Yeah, and Brobar, who actually yeah now are now goes part of the, the part Doc of, family yeah, exactly. with with Dertin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but I think like all the festivals you named, I think they're all all people who know what they're doing, who are a professional with it, who have a passion about it, and I think they will they will exist. Yeah. But and, and I think that, that kind of like makes them different sometimes than other ones. And that's what I say. You can you can see it easily if it's purely commercial or is it because of there is some kind of like passion and thing behind it. And like all the festivals you named, that is not commercial. <laughs> you're not gonna get rich of a festival. It's because you have a passion for what you're doing and you want to, a lot of as many people to get uh, that they get to know it as well, and then they will they will survive. I'm I'm sure about that. I mean, you, you talk about passion, and I think you know you you three guys are doing something because you're passionate about it, and you know I I think people often underestimate how much work is involved, and you have to have some passion underlying it, or else it just it, you'll 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 quit pretty quickly. Um, so I guess one of my final questions is. Is are, are beer festivals important to Belgian beer? Of course, I think so. Yes. Why? Why not just? I think. It's why not f- go to the cafe, which is the the beer cafe, is the heart of Belgian beer culture. It's where you can sit in an environment, in a hospitality environment, where beers are supposed to be served. And why do you need to hire a big hall and have lots of people coming together? And you know. You know what's what's the point in in having and having a, a festival? Why can't you just go to a cafe or, or drink in your house? It's another way to enjoy beer. I think you know, people don't like to to go to the cafe or the pub. Uh, normally, they they drink a, a good beer at home, but now with friends at, uh, at another venue. So, uh, I think it's a good opportunity to promoting beer. Uh, yeah, and also I think it's 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 a lot more about just drinking the beer. It's everything around it, the atmosphere. It's like Jan said before, like uh, you ask him a question, something about the beer, and he said, yeah, it depends on what time of the day and even with with who I am with. It is if I I can enjoy that kind of beer at that time of the day, but with that kind of people. So I think, yeah, I think it's necessary that it's there because it's much more than just drinking or just having a beer. It's like getting together with like with old friends, meeting new friends, all the atmosphere about it. And you got, and that's also like you got specialized people that 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 kind of like pick out the beers for you, so you know you're like drinking quality. You know that that they are following what is getting new on the market. Um, so I think it, it, it's it's a broad range of, of things that has been done. So I, yeah, I think it's good that the festivals are there. Yeah, 25 years ago when I did my first beer festival, I was uh, in Antwerp actually, the predecessor of uh, of Zitos. Um, I went there because I wanted to go out with my friends. We were students and we wanted to have a good time. And we wanted to taste different beers, but we were not, you know, geeks or whatever. And then it was more like about, you know, having a a party and and just enjoying a good time. Um, But over time, it was more about taste and, and... you meet a lot of other people from Belgium, but from abroad. And um, I have 
I have friends that actually will travel to Australia because at the Bruce Beer Festival they met Australians and they will be couch surfing. If you hear those those stories, that's fantastic. That's that's that's, that's right. the great stuff, you know. Jan, do you love what you do? Absolutely. I will, uh, I hope to continue. I will, uh, Another 27 to 25 years. years. <laughs> Bart, do you love what you do? Absolutely. Uh, Stefan, do you love organizing Billy's Beer Festival? Oh, absolutely. And even every day a little bit more than the day before. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for sharing uh, beers um, with me. And... I can only wish you all the best for uh, Billy's Beer Festival, Cat's Beer Festival and Billy's Craft Beer Festival and, uh, for many years to come. And I hope to see you at those festivals and at other festivals in Belgium um, you know, in, in years to come. So thank you and thank you for having us and uh, always welcome. Be my yeah. guest. And bringing up the topic. Thank you very much for that. Good initiative. Thanks, Brendan. Okay, that was Belgian Beer Festivals. Thanks to Cliff Lucas for shooting photography and assisting with event preparation. Thanks to Louise Marie Garkova and Mate Stales of AudioTech for hosting, audio recording, and sound engineering. And thanks also to Visit Flanders for their support in producing this podcast. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. It would mean a lot if you could recommend this podcast to someone you think might enjoy it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Quick reminder, myself and Ashley Joanna are writing a book called Hidden Beers of Belgium. We're building a book launch team for those who want to get behind the scenes updates on the making of the book as it happens. So head over to the Belgian Smart website to join. We've also got a jam-packed newsletter every month highlighting all the most important, interesting and entertaining news from the world of Belgian beer for that month. So feel free to subscribe today over on the Belgian Smack website. It's completely for free. My name is Brendan Kearney. This has been the Belgian Smack Podcast. Until next time, love what you do. Love what you do.